Welcome to the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lynn, and I'm a social media consultant, personal branding strategist, and Elon Musk super fan. Each week, you're going to learn through quick tip episodes, guest expert trainings, and business owner interviews, the perspective, insight, and strategies you need to align your business goals with your marketing efforts and make social media work for you. So let's get to class. Hi there. I'm glad you're back for another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. This episode is going to be so good. You guys are going to be tired of hearing me say so good, and I'm, I'm trying to cut back how often I say it, um, but it is so good. Um, this one is with Daniel Hill, and he is another really special guest because he was one of the first podcast I was on as a guest. And like I talked about Ryan Bean, Daniel has become such a good friend, such a good peer in the social media world. And I'm so glad that we connected um, and have stayed in touch. And we've collaborated in different things. He's been a guest expert in some of my paid groups. And I am so honored and excited to bring him to you in episode four. Before we get into it, though, I, I wanted just to just to kind of prep you for what's to come. So Daniel is not only an Instagram guru, he knows everything there is, it seems like, to know about Instagram. And not only that, but he is always up to date with the latest and the greatest of the things that are shifting and changing. As you know, things change a lot. And so he is the go-to guy for trends, what to expect, what's coming, um, the latest when it comes to Instagram specifically. He has his own podcast called The Instagram Stories, which I mentioned I have been a guest on, which was so fun. He also has a group called The Instagram Stories Group that I would recommend jumping into on Facebook. Um, There he shares articles, additional insight, and He has something so cool that we talk about towards the end of this interview that I think he, another reason why I just respect him and look up to him as a, as a person who's doing some cool, exciting, and smart things. He has started an Alexa daily briefing. He calls them microcasts. And this is a show that he does every morning that he streams through Alexa. So you can add his Alexa or his, um, show on Alexa to your daily briefing. It's the Instagram story show. Um, You add it as a skill. The link is in the show notes for exactly how to do that. So literally in the morning, you just say, Alexa, tell me my daily briefings and you can hear Daniel's voice and get his um, wisdom and what's going on with Instagram that day. And so he has that Facebook group that's a community it's kind of to support that. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about that because that could be something, you know, interesting for you to consider as well. We'll have to maybe have him back on to get more into the details of his Alexa part of his business. Um, This episode is really focusing on the trends. Where is Instagram going? What to keep an eye out for? 
why it's still a platform worth spending time on. And then we, of course, get into the algorithm and he breaks down how it works. It is not out to get us and he breaks it down for us. So enjoy this one with Daniel. So welcome to another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. I am here today with Daniel Hill, who runs Daniel Hill Media, and Daniel is my go-to for all things technology and Instagram trends and happening, so we are extremely lucky to have him on today. He's going to kind of share what's happening um, with Instagram right now and just really social media in general, some of the the trends, what to look for in the new year. Um, So welcome, Daniel, to the Social Scholars Podcast. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be on. Yeah, so tell us before we get into it a little bit about what you do exactly and what you have going on right now. Sure. So I teach small business owners how to use Instagram. That's what I do. I have a show. It's a daily podcast called a microcast, and you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts, and also on Amazon, the Echo Amazon service. Let me say it like that. I don't want to set everybody's Alexa devices off if they're listening. (laughs) I know. Earlier, Daniel and I were talking and he spelled it out and I was like, oh, good call. Good call. (laughs) I need to go turn mine off. Anyway. (laughs) I know. It's like that. And um, a lot of times people's S-A-R-I will go off when they say my name. Um, (laughs) So that's something else. I feel like we have like toddlers around and we're having to spell bad words. So anyway, okay, so Daniel, so you have your show, you also have your, um, I know your regular podcast, and then um, you show up on Instagram on a regular basis with all kinds of current events. I feel like you're like my, my news source. I've said this before, you're like my CNN um, or whatever, whatever channel you watch um, for news around Instagram, because not only do you help small business owners leverage Instagram, but you're also in the know with what is going on. So there's a a lot going on as we're talking right now. This is going to be out in February, 2020. So by the time this comes out, there might even be more things changing. But right now, one of the hot topics is hiding likes. So I want to get into some of these hot topics with you. And then I want to, I want to talk a little bit about um, how you personally use it. But before then, tell us about what's happening with these, this whole hiding likes thing on Instagram. Sure. So Instagram has been testing hiding like counts on posts. So what that means is if I was to look at Sarah's post, I would not see that Sarah has 150 or 250 likes. I would just see the comments and I would have the opportunity to like it, but I would not see any more information about that. That's good and it's bad. So on the good side, I don't just like Sarah's post because a bunch of other people have liked it. It gives me a chance to like it because I actually like it. (laughs) On the downside, in a certain respect, likes and comments are currency, and so those are being hidden. However, Sarah would still be able to see the number of people who have liked her post, It just wouldn't be as obvious to people as they scroll through the app. It's probably the easiest way I can explain it. Okay. And then they're just hiding likes, right? Not followers. Right. So you would still be able to see someone's follower account. Um, And if you really wanted to, I think you can tap and 
you can see how many people have actually liked the post individually by name. I think that may be still possible. This hasn't rolled out to the United States in a widespread way yet. Um, it was being tested in a few countries, and I think around like 1% of people in the United States on Instagram have this now. So I personally have not seen it yet. I can't speak to it, but I think it may be possible to drill down and get a little more information. Okay. Now I know that it, it, it seems sometimes like you and Mark Z are on like, uh, like you guys text each other, like your friends. I know you're not. That'd be though. cool. That'd be <laughs> cool. No, that, that would be, um, I would be like, Hey, Mark, I got some ideas. I think you should hear out. No. Um, so do you want me to tell you how I do that or how I keep close tabs on what he's saying and doing? Yeah. Well that, and then also, um, why they're making that shift, why they're even rolling this out. <laughs> so I, I think the, I, the reason they're doing it is not as altruistic as they might pretend it is. Uh, the altruistic answer is that people put a lot of thought and, um, meaning into how well their posts are received. And even for me, I do the same thing. When I looked at my top nine for 2019, I saw that every picture that did really well has my wife in it and not me. Not the um, accomplishments that I'm super proud of, of things that I did in 2019. No, it's the pictures where my wife looks really great because I guess my followers really like seeing that. And so, you know, there's a little bit of a, what does that mean? What does that tell me about my audience that goes into it? But if that stigma was removed and people just liked the post because they liked it, not because other people liked it or because of any other reason, how would that change how we use the platform? Would less of my self-esteem be tied into the number of likes? How would that benefit people in the long run? What does that say about us as a society right now? And how would it change as a society in the future, right? Like we're dealing with a concept of likes and comments and engagement and fans in a way that our grandparents couldn't even fathom. Like our grandparents spent so much time reading the newspaper, like television was a very exciting thing in their world. And in our world, you have your own TV show if you use social media, right? So it's a very, very different uh, thing. But I do believe that there is some underlying non-altruistic reason that Instagram is doing this, but I don't know what that is. Okay, you Mark hasn't let you in on that yet. No, I mean if if he wants to hit me up, I I you know love to chat about it. Okay, so this is also the that's interesting about hiding likes, and then I know you've also talked about this, and I've gotten a lot of questions, and I I, I don't have the the phone the phone to Mark either about Pete the algorithm. So that's the algorithm is always a thing, right? It's always out to get us. It seems like people are now having um, maybe complaints or concerns that they're now getting less likes. And I know you talked about that recently. What's going on with that? So I think this is an ongoing thing. This isn't new, right? And, and if you dig back through the archives of um, news or, or however it is that you consume information, Facebook did the same thing a few years ago. And I want to say it was around five or six years ago. Suddenly, if you had a Facebook page, everyone who liked your page was not seeing what you posted. Over time, less and less people saw what you posted, even though they liked your brand on Facebook. And it's the same concept here. Instagram has said, everyone follows too many people. If everyone was to see all of the content from everyone that they follow, it would be way too overwhelming and there would be way too much. So we use the algorithm to ensure the best content bubbles right to the top. 
that's a good concept in theory if you think about it. And from Instagram's perspective, it makes sense. If you open that app and every time you open it, there is great content, you're going to keep opening that app because every time you open it, you're going to see something awesome that you love. That's their goal. And that does make sense on paper. However, if you're a user and each time you post something that you're really proud of, that you worked really hard on, it gets less likes and comments and engagement than the thing you posted last day, you know, yesterday or last week. That's kind of a very frustrating experience because you're, what am I doing wrong? Are people not liking it? Or is it the fact that they're just not seeing it? I don't know. And so that's one of the real challenges that come with the algorithm. Do you so, want me to explain how the algorithm works or? Yeah, well, yes, that would be helpful. Could you do that first? And then I'll, I'll ask my follow-up question. Sure. Here's a high-level overview of how the Instagram algorithm works, but this is not accurate, okay? I'm going to say that no one knows the secret sauce of what really makes the recipe of the Instagram algorithm, because if we did, then everyone would just be able to beat it. And the algorithm does change, but here's the general concept, okay? If I post a picture or video on Instagram in the feed and people like it, some kind of point value is assigned to that. So let's just say a like which is a, you know, a heart, people double tap on the picture, that's worth half a point, let's just say. And if people comment, and it's a comment that's a few words in length, that's worth one point. If it's a lot of words and the, it's a longer comment, that might be worth a point and a half. Now, if someone, as a result of that picture, watches your story, that might be worth a quarter of a point. Now they send you a direct message because of something that they saw in your story. Maybe that's worth half a point. I don't know for sure, but this is just a rough idea. Now, Instagram takes all those and adds them up. And they say, okay, Daniel opened Instagram. Then he looked at Sarah's post. Then he liked it. Then he commented on it. Then he watched her story. Daniel must be pretty into whatever Sarah's doing. Okay, next time Daniel opens the app, let's make sure that he sees Sarah's latest post first. Boom. Now I do. So what the algorithm is really doing, and, and this is right, this does make sense. It's rewarding my past behavior by showing me more of what it thinks I will like. Therefore, I'm more inclined to open the app and continue doing it. Like, that, that does make sense, right? Oh, it, it totally does. It's like they're trying to, despite what, what some people might think, they're not out to get you. They're trying, it sounds like, to make the user experience really great so people keep opening it, like you're saying. Correct. But there is a flip side of that, right? Because if you are selling a brand, a service, a product, a book, or you just want more people to see what you are doing and your content is not doing as well as you'd like, hey, we got a great solution pay us money and we will show your post to more people, right? And Instagram has really moved in the pay to play arena over the past year, 18 months. And that's going to be something that continues where the organic reach that you would have gotten three, four years ago is not definitely going to be that way in 2020. You're really going to have to pay if you want to reach uh, as many people as you could just a couple of years ago. And that was something really interesting that you had brought to my attention, even a couple months ago when we had talked, you said, um, you know, pull up your phone, look at your feed. And like every third post is probably a sponsored post. And I really pay attention to that now because that was very true. It's like, I see the people that I follow, but then it is regularly within each scroll. I see a sponsored post now. 
Right. And, and same thing with stories, because stories is a place where there weren't ads just a year ago. And now every I, I think I see stories every third or fourth um, person as well. So every place that's possible to have stories there, I'm sorry, to have ads, they're trying to put ads there. Okay. Okay. And you're right. I do see that now that I'm thinking about it in stories too. Um, and so, so that kind of, okay, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, if you're just starting out on Instagram and you are someone who has an advertising budget, that's going to be the best way to start off right off the bat is with that. If you're a smaller um, business, you don't have an advertising budget and you are starting from the ground up, you know, organically, there are strategies to do that as well. But if you have a marketing budget, this is where you're going to be putting it because dollar for dollar, you're going to have better results than if you did a radio ad or a television ad. You're going to reach a direct uh, amount of people that is a specific audience for exactly what you want. You can customize it and tailor those ads. So there's a lot of value there too, but it does cost money. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, it's not absurd or it's not ridiculous to have it move in that direction. In my opinion, because like you just said, typically when you are talking about marketing, you're talking about something that you're paying for, whether it's print advertising or radio or commercial or direct mailing or whatever it might be. And we've just been really fortunate in the past, specifically with Instagram to have um, organic reach and to be able to connect with people without having to pay, but th that's changing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or, um, that you should give up on the platform. It's just maybe tweaking your marketing strategy a bit and putting that money, like you're saying into, um, social media ads for somebody though, who is just starting out, like you were mentioning, but maybe doesn't have an ad budget, um, what, what would you say to them? Like, where should they focus their time? What should they be doing to try and get noticed? So I think if you are a person who's just starting out brand new, you have to find people on the platform who already know who you are to get the ball rolling. And then you can, excuse me. And then you can grow from there. So if I just created an Instagram account today for the first time and I was ready to put some content up there and find new followers, I would allow Instagram to see who in my address book already has an Instagram account and follow those people because they know who you are. You have their phone number. They probably have your contact information. And then you can get the ball rolling by starting to get those first 50, 150, 200 followers uh, because of people who you have saved in your phone or your address book. Um, for as long as you've known. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, and uh, that was something that I think you had shared in a post a while ago. And I was like, that's genius. Why didn't I think about that around connecting your address book um, to go ahead and help you make those connections on Instagram? And then who knows, you know, who, who's ever in your connections in your phone book, who knows, you know, who they are following on Instagram that could also make sense to connect with you. Um, so it's a great place to start. Sometimes okay. people get really nervous about doing that because they say, oh, I don't want Instagram to have all my information or whatever. They already have your information. It's not a big deal. But if you are really concerned about that, once you share it with them and you get those um, contacts who have Instagram handles, you can just revoke that access and, and take it away so Instagram can't see it anymore. And you still keep those followers. So you're good to go. Ah, okay. Okay. So good to know. Cause I know that there's people who's probably thinking that. So, um, I didn't, and I didn't realize that you could take it back. So, um, I want to talk about Instagram stories right now. 
because I know that things are changing in the feed. I know that things are also changing in the stories, but I, I keep hearing, and I don't know if this is true or not, Daniel, but I keep hearing more and more about stories is where um, people are paying more and more attention to. That's where Instagram is paying attention to. So what's your take on that? And why would somebody want to consider if they've only really focused on the feed, why would they maybe want to look at really getting into stories this year? So it's funny because I have a personal strategy, but then kind of what I recommend. So let's talk about what I recommend. When it comes to stories, stories are the new feed. That's the best way to look at it. My friend, Robert John Boyle, um, guest hosted my micro podcast. And he said that, and I said, you're right. I don't know why I never thought of that before. Stories are the new feed. So stories, if you're not familiar with, are a way to post content to Instagram that is completely disposable. It's up for 24 hours and then it's gone. This is not your best quality content because it's only going to be there for just that day. And if people miss it, that's it. So you don't want to invest a huge amount of time in it, but people are watching these all the time. People tap through it and they watch when they're taking a break from work, when they're commuting, what they watch while they're watching TV. They keep, I do, I keep up with my friends' lives through stories. It's a really, really interesting way to kind of stay up to date with your friends visually as you, they take you along on their adventures, what they're reading, what they're looking at, what they're doing. Um, and, and to me, that's super valuable. On a personal level, I feel like since everybody is so big on stories, I sort of have gone the opposite approach because although stories are great, if someone misses my story because they were very busy that day or whatever, uh, that's kind of frustrating if I spend a lot of time on that. So I do try to use the feed a little bit more than stories personally, but I love being able to show the behind the scenes stuff of my life, being a little silly, a little goofy in a way that if someone is going to uh, judge me professionally, they're probably not going to look at my story. They're going to look at my feed. And that's okay. That's what I want. And that's, that's preferred for me. Um, so I can be a little silly and a little goofy on my story with knowledge that if I post it over the weekend, chances are that job recruiter or somebody else isn't going to see it. And that's fine. Okay. I love the distinction. And I love what the, the what did you say? The stories are the new feed. Um, because I, I see that, but I also, that's interesting that you're kind of taking that opposite approach. So that's definitely something you got me thinking, Daniel. Well, um, that's, that's life, right? Like whatever everybody else is yes. doing, I have to do the opposite. That's the yes. definition of punk rock. Like if everyone was, <laughs> you know, if everyone was punk rock, then I'd be something else. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's how you have to look at the world, right? I, mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. You and, um, are you familiar with the Enneagram, the, the personality? Test. No, that's, that's on my list to look into. I, I haven't yet. Um, I, I would like to though. Because you said that I have an idea of what number you might be, but that will, we'll save that conversation for another day. But yeah, I, know. Okay. I get that. I get that. So I want to just, I want to give people a real life example of a, an awesome story that was a little bit longer that I typically would not watch, but I watched till the very end with you. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Your anniversary. Oh, my, 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 yeah. Yes, so I do I, that every year. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about that. I want to give somebody like a specific story. Like that was a legit story. Like you story told. Um, so can you, can you elaborate on what you did there? Sure. So normally I don't do a lot of stories. I, I know when I watch my friends' stories, if they're talking a lot, I usually give them about three to four, maybe five stories. And then I, I swipe away. 
Every year, though, on our anniversary, I do a, hey, guys, here's what my wife's surprise anniversary gift is. And I sort of like clue in my audience about it before she knows what it is. That's normally how I do it. This year was a little bit off, but I'll explain why. So a few years ago, for my anniversary, I ordered my wife's gifts on Amazon, and then I wrapped them. And when she opened them, she was unimpressed. And then a couple days later, she said to me, look, it looks like you just ordered all my stuff off Amazon. And I was like, yes, I did. And she was like, no, you have to put thought and caring into it. Like, this, you know, you have to, and I was like, but this is how I shop. So I went back and I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm never going to have this conversation again. From this point forward, I'm going all out on creative gifts. I don't care if it takes me all year to think about it, but I'm going to do it. And so I sort of started off small and then I grew from there. So each year I share the hey guys here's what I did for my wife before she knows about it but I also cover what I did in previous years to kind of build up so it's a really long story and and some people do I think or no I can tell by the number some people do lose interest and by the way that's the thing I want to say about stories is very unique I can tell everybody who watched my story I can see their name I can see their profile I can tap on it and see who they are and what they're about I can tell where people dropped off on my story because they got bored all of that is possible with stories. No other platform or mechanism has that, which is really cool. So getting back to this, this is, was my very long story, which was building up to what I did for this year for my wife's anniversary gift. And I had photos to show how it came out, which I was super proud of. Um, and so I shared those. It was, it was an awesome story. I was so impressed. Um, and like I said, he, he actually told a really compelling story. And like you were saying, you kind of built it up. So we had, like, I, I was like, well, at this point, like, I have to see what happens at the end. Um, so, you know, thinking about those kinds of things and how you can do that with things in your own life, you know, um, I think a lot of times, and I don't know what you hear, Daniel, but one of the biggest struggles people have when it comes to Instagram is just, what the heck do I post? What do I share? My life's not that exciting. And so, you know, you took what could be just like an average, potentially mundane topic and really made it exciting. And I think we all have those events, those things in our life where if we kind of made it fun, made it creative, pulled in photos, used different media gifts, that type of thing, it could be a really engaging story, whether it's a caption or a story like you did. Um, what do you have any specific advice when people are talking to you about, Oh gosh, I just don't know what to share on, on stories or Instagram in general. I think you have to decide which part of your life is interesting or could potentially be interesting and figure out how to like boost maximum interest in that thing, whatever it is. So for me, and, and I said this before, but I want a TV show. Nobody is going to call me and be like, Daniel, here's a TV show. Like if films tomorrow show up and wear whatever you want, like that, that's just never going to happen. But with this, I have a TV show, right? Like I turn the camera on and I can show people what I'm doing, where I'm going, who I'm meeting, what I'm saying, what I'm talking about, what they're saying, what's interesting about it and why they should do the same thing. I can do any and all of that. Having said that, I have plenty of days where I do not make stories because nothing, there's nothing to show. My day was so boring or, or frustrating or whatever. And I could show that frustration, but I don't want to do that. To me, I want people to open it up and, and be excited to see what I'm doing, not, not see me, you know, upset. So I would say if the most exciting thing that you did was that you went to the gym and you sweated on that elliptical for 20 minutes, show me that. Cause that's huge. Like no, not a lot of people are willing to put in the time 
to work out. Or maybe you went to the store and you bought all healthy things. Cool. Show me that because a lot of people make bad choices with food. Like whatever positive thing you're doing, show that. Don't make fun of people. When I first started stories, sometimes I would really make fun of people on my stories. Like um, if I saw somebody doing something silly or goofy or whatever, I'd be like, guys, look at this, you know, silly person. Or, and I don't do that anymore because that's not cool. I, I want my stories to be a place where people can laugh at me being an idiot, but also be positive and, and leave, you know, with, with something good. Uh, so I would say, think about your day, think about what positive things you can show. Even if it's just the awesome barista who made your coffee exactly the way you want it, whatever it is, focus on that. Yeah, that's so good. And I will say like the fact that you're sweating at the elliptical or eating blueberries for breakfast or whatever it is that may not seem that exciting. Like, honestly, it's probably not, but what it does do is connect you with your, your followers. Cause now Daniel, I feel like even though we talk, I don't want to say regularly, but like, I, I know you, like we've, we've collaborated on some things, but I feel like because I follow you and along with your stories, I'm like, Oh my gosh, Daniel, this is like how creative he is. He's getting these extravagant or creative gifts for his wife, or they're going on this trip or they're, they did this, they hosted this event or just even something mundane. I'm like, Oh, I, I really feel like I know Daniel, like we're, we're friends. Same thing with other people that I follow that I may not have ever talked to in real life or met in real life, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know that they like, <laughs> they're really into oat milk right now and their lattes or, you know, right. they, they, they like puppies or whatever, but it's, it's not the, the, the specific thing. I think it's the sum of all those little things where it's like, Oh, I, I feel like I know them. So, you know, think about that too. It's like, you're not just sharing something to share it. It's a way to connect with people um, as best as you can virtually. I think you articulated that really well. And and sometimes it's frustrating because you ask people who you haven't seen in a while, like, Hey, what's new? And they're like, Oh, I went here and I went there. And you're like, I know I, I saw that on your story already. Like that can happen if you have a conversation that way, or you can have a conversation with someone you haven't seen in a while. Like, Hey, I saw you went here and that looked awesome. How did you find out about that thing? Or when I saw it on your story, it looked like this. Was it really like that? Or how, you know, and you can have a much deeper conversation much more quickly because you know what's going on in their lives. And you can ask very, very specific conversation, you know, questions or, or have very specific conversations about all that information that you know now. Yes. Oh, that is so good. Yes. Cause you're like, I already saw it. Just like, let's get into the juicy stuff. What's, what's the behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff. Right. So, right. Yes. Okay. So staying with stories, I wanted to get with you on a couple other things that I've been seeing that I don't know a lot of. So I've been taking notes. I'm probably going to take some more notes on this, but what is, what the heck is close friends? Like I've seen that. How, how should we use it? What is it? So close friends is a really interesting concept. And I think Instagram was, was definitely targeting Snapchat for users, but I'll explain in a second. Close friends is the ability to share your story with a very select group of people. So for instance, if I have a public Instagram, but I want what I'm doing on my story to stay private, semi-private, only my wife and best friend to see, whatever, that's where you can use close stories. So I can go through my followers and I can select which people I want to see my close story, whatever amount that 
of people that is, that's up to me. I can add and remove people at will. And then when they see my story, it has a special little green ring around it so that they know that they're in my close friends. Okay, that's the overall concept. There's more to it, but that's just a high level. Okay. How you can use close friends, it gets really, really interesting. So you can use it for that use case that I mentioned, like you have a public um, Instagram, but you want to keep some things private. Or if you have a very special audience who you want to see certain things, you can use close friends for that too. I'll give you an example. Recently, I was at an event. I was talking to uh, an editor of the New York Daily News, I believe. And he was saying about how they've used Instagram stories when they do, when they cover certain events. He was talking about um, the upcoming Harvey Weinstein trial, for instance, and people watch, but there wasn't a way to monetize it. And I was like, yes, there is. You could use close friends. So just hear me out. Say people paid $5 a month for access to close friends of a particular brand or news outlet or something that they wanted to follow. They could get behind the scenes information that they specifically only could see. And that is content really kind of tailored for them if you think about it, because they're willing to pay for it. So they get greater value out of that. And if for instance, I wanted to keep up with the Harvey Weinstein trial and I was super interested in that, I get a behind the scenes in a way that I know I'm getting that the general public is not getting because I'm in that close friend circle. If you're selling a course and you want to have people who are members of that course, be with you every step of the way and you answer all the questions and blah, 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 great. Add all those people to your close friends and then they'll be able to see it and the rest of your followers won't get that. And that's how to differentiate the two groups. Oh, Daniel, that is so good. I love that idea. And yes, I totally see it having applications for this audience with memberships, like VIP upgrades, maybe with your coaching clients. Um, so there's lots of potential, I think, to, to kind of see how it unfolds next year and like even what, what, what you do with it, what other people can do with it. But those are two really great ideas, um, for how to use it. And then also, like you said, monetize on it. What I've also been seeing threads. I think that has something to do with stories as well, but can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and how you're using it or how you're seeing others use it? Yeah. So Threads is an extension of close friends. It's an app specifically to message and share stories with your close friends as quickly as humanly possible. So when you create a story in Instagram, when you are going to post it, you have two buttons at the bottom left, post the stories or close friends. And if you've ever made the mistake of hitting that, the wrong button in that case, that could be disastrous, right? If you meant to share something with your close friends, but you accidentally shared it with your whole following and it was something very very personal you're quick like try to delete it who saw it you know let me let me delete it uh as fast as possible so threads lets you share just with that close friends audience in one app so you don't make that mistake and it other also shares other information like uh, where you are if you're moving or if you're at work or you're at home what your battery life is and so forth um, so people can kind of check in more closely with each other throughout the day in that close circle Okay. Okay. And that's a separate app, correct? Yeah, that's a separate app. I, I will say that that app has gotten very, very little traction. Um, it was very big when it was announced and then quickly just dropped off the radar. Uh, if you were to check how many downloads it, it has in like the Play Store or uh, whatever, uh, Apple Store, very, very minimal. Um, I, I don't know a lot of people who use it. 
Okay. Okay. So potentially though, there is, I guess, some possibilities for, again, using it maybe for like a membership site or VIP clients if you're doing Absolutely. a program. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So we're, I want to, I want to wrap this up. Um, but I also have one more question and then I want to talk to you about what else you have going on this year. But, um, I, I, I'm getting a lot of questions about TikTok being like taking over the Instagram people, um, that being the new thing. What, what are you seeing? What's your insight? What opinions? Like, just talk to me about Instagram and TikTok right now. So Instagram is testing TikTok. Like, let me back up. TikTok is an app that started out as musically. It's a lip syncing music app. And there's incredibly creative people on there. It's incredibly addicting to watch. If you install that app, it, you will just sit there and watch videos and three hours will go by and you will wonder what happened. And you also wonder where all these talented people have been and why you don't have the talents like these people do. At least that's what I think uh, every time I open that up. So TikTok is, is a very powerful and it's an up and coming social media platform that requires hard work and creativity to build an audience. Having said that, Instagram is looking at incorporating the features of TikTok in the Instagram app. They're testing it in um, one of the South American countries. And I do see that coming very, very soon. If you are interested in TikTok, get some dance moves, get some music, start working at it. It's not like, oh, here's a picture of what I'm doing. Where are my thousands of likes? It's not going to be like that. But if you work hard at it, it that hard work will pay off. I personally have not gone down that road because I've spent time on other platforms, but I do think everyone should invest in two platforms, one very large one, a Facebook and Instagram, and one that is up and coming like a TikTok. And this way, number one, lessons that you learn from both platforms will apply. And second, as that platform grows, you're going to grow along with it. And getting in on the ground floor, you know, if you had started on Instagram, really, really hard in 2012, where would you be in 2019? You would probably be in a really great place. So if you're picking a platform that's small and coming up, you're going to learn a lot of lessons and you're going to be there along the way um, and, and you'll be in a really good spot. So I would say to look at it from both perspectives. Oh, that's so good, Daniel. I like the, you know, to kind of diversify and then the way you broke that down to like pick a big one that's maybe more established and then one to test out that's maybe more up and coming. Um, Cause yeah, that's another question. It's like, where do you spend your time? Now I know you have, it's not TikTok, but I know you have another platform that you are really into and have had a lot of success with around Alexa and your microcast is what you called them at the beginning. Um, could you talk to us just a little bit about that? Because I know, um, people that, like the, the people that are listening here are leaders, experts, um, in their categories, looking to share information, to teach, to educate, to inspire. And this potentially might be an avenue to do that. If maybe they're not as creative for the TikTok platform, um, they might take some notes from what you're doing over with Alexa. Right. So I've been podcasting for a while and I've, I've really enjoyed it, but I didn't always have the audience that I wanted to because no one is searching for me. No one's searching for what does Daniel Hill think? Like, I appreciate when people do, but the vast majority of people are not doing that. The Amazon Alexa platform is new. What it does is it gives you information, but it also will 
give you daily updates about things if you ask. So if you ask your Amazon device, Alexa, tell me the news, you can subscribe to different news sources like the BBC, like NPR, uh, CNN, and you can also subscribe to other people who have made short news shows, can be news, something else, short audio programs. And then when people ask every day, Alexa, tell me the news, you become part of their daily news routine. Um, but this is a new mechanism of, of people getting information. And what I like about this, and, and I was very hesitant in the beginning, but what I like about it is older people who might not ever pick up a phone and start scrolling through Instagram really get this technology because even though they're not great at tapping and typing and swiping, they've been speaking their entire lives. So asking a device for information to them makes sense. And also, it's been a really good way to build an audience on a platform with no algorithms, no pay to play. Like it, it's, it's like starting from the ground up. It's like, you know, I, I've been calling it Twitter in 2007, you know, uh, that's kind of what it's like because there are plenty of new shows out there, but it's really a chance to, to stand out very, very quickly in this very small space. Ah, oh, I know there's, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on that, but I, I, I love that you're doing that. And I just wanted people to at least know that that's another opportunity, another possible way to connect with their audience, um, and to add value, to make those connections. And so, um, let's, with that, let us know, like, where can we find you? Where is the best spot to connect with you, Daniel, for anybody who wants to know more about what you're doing with Alexa and Instagram? So the best way you can find me at Daniel Hill Media um, on Instagram or Twitter, and you can search for my show on Amazon Alexa or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. It's called the Instagram Stories, and you can find me there. The daily uh, episodes I post are called the Instagram Stories Daily Update. Awesome. Okay. And I'll have links and all that good stuff so people can easily find that. But uh, this was so good. Is there anything else that, that I didn't ask you that you wanted to say to make this episode complete? Um, that is a great question that I really thought about, wish I thought about more. I am working on speaking gigs and I would love to have more speaking opportunities. So if you have an audience that you think would benefit from Instagram or other social media or other technology uh, information, I'd love to come and share, demonstrate some of the strategies um, that I've used. I have really worked to make a workflow to find speaking opportunities that's really been good for me. And I'd love to share that with other people if they're interested in knowing that as well. Okay. So good to know, because I know that a lot of people are also planning events in 2020. So that would, might be a great synergy right there. So, um, good to know they'll be able to connect with you over on the, the Instagram and Alexa. Um, and with that, Daniel, thank you so much for coming in, talking to us about what's the latest and we'll definitely have you back on because I'm sure things will change. <laughs> and so we'll have you back on to, to fill us in on that. But in the meantime, I appreciate it and all the best, um, in the new year. Thank you so much for having me on, Sarah. I really admire your hard work and, and your dedication to everything. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Daniel. 
Before you go, I have two quick things I want to make sure that you don't miss out on. The first one is being a part of the Social Scholar Study Group, which is a private Facebook group where we're hanging out, looking at behind the scenes. You're getting additional bonus content. You're able to connect with the other listeners, have network opportunities, and occasionally when it works out, we're going to bring back our podcast guests for live interviews to share additional information with us to get your questions answered. So we're going to have a lot of fun over there as well as a ton of value. So be sure and join us in the link below in the show notes. And then secondly, um, I'm learning very quickly that reviews are important for getting the podcast found, reaching other people, helping them help other people by the content um, and the, the guest experts and experiences that they're sharing. And so... I would love it. It would just mean the world to me if you would take time to leave a review and in exchange for that time and energy and effort, because I know you are busy, I'm going to give you the Selling on Social Roadmap as well as the um, social media content launch blueprint, which basically is four weeks of content leading up to your launch so that by the time you're ready to talk about your offer in that week four, people are knowing you, they're liking you, they're trusting you, and they're ready and excited to buy whatever it is you're selling. So you'll get both of those. Just shoot me an email once you've left a review at hello at com. Let me know you've left a review and I will get you your selling on social goodies over to you. Until the next episode, I will see you around social media.